Thanks for joining us and supporting Vicky Doe Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vickydofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vickydofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about the latest update on HIV and PrEP and women of color. African American and Hispanic women are disproportionately affected by HIV. Almost one in eight Americans with HIV doesn't know his or her status. Get tested. Know your sexual status. Our co-host, Dr. D. Banks Bright, an infectious disease specialist, will talk more about HIV, PrEP, and women of color. She will share with us some of the strategies that can be done to spread the word and give awareness to our community. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. Hi, Vicki. How are you? <laughs> I am fine. You know, it is so funny how we always, you know, manage to make sure that the show continues on. The show will go on. <laughs> the show No will, matter what. No matter what. Inside, inside. There it inside. is. The show will go on. We have planned, like you said, we, even if we have to go down to plan Z, <laughs> we always have a backup plan. Oh, most definitely. That's it. Be so prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. That's the key. That's the motto for the day. That's the motto. So we are prepared. Yes. And you blew in here. Yes, yeah. With our weather. Look. The winter time is getting snowing. situated. It started snowing today. Yeah, significant. It's getting it's not situated. Too much, but it's coming. It's hovering. It's coming. I guess the people in the Northeast got <laughs> hit hard. Connecticut and New York mm-hmm. and all those places, they got hit really hard. Mm-hmm. So we're fortunate to just be able to get a little bit of flurries and some rain. I know. But I don't know. We can hold it off too much longer, though. We'll see. We will see. We'll but see. we're ready. We're you know. ready. Yeah, I'm ready. The holidays are here. Yeah, and yeah. So it's a great time. It is. It is. Yes, indeed. Well, today we talk about the latest update on HIV and women of color. Now, this past Sunday, December the 1st, was World AIDS Day, and that is hashtag WAD2019. Now, the theme for the 2019 observance was ending the HIV AIDS epidemic community by community. Now, here's a little history of this Awareness Day 
World AIDS Day was first observed in 1988, and each year, organizations and individuals across the world bring attention to the HIV epidemic endeavor to increase HIV awareness and knowledge, to speak out against HIV stigma, and call for an increased response to move toward ending the HIV epidemic, a plan for America. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, has launched the Ending of HIV Epidemic, a Plan for America initiative with the goal of reducing new HIV incidents by 90% over the next decade in the United States. Several African countries are on pace to achieve epidemic control by 2020. That's what I thought was yes, interesting. Yes, and they have, and I'll maybe speak to that a little bit when I talk about that. The African countries are just doing a bang up job, several mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. You would be surprised and amazed. Isn't that something? Yeah, you would be surprised. Because when I looked, I was like, 2020, yeah. that's just next year. Right. That's awesome. But according to the Department of HHS, one in four people living with HIV in the United States is a woman. Women of all ages, races, and ethnicities can get HIV, but some women are more at risk than others. African-American and Hispanic women are disproportionately affected by HIV. Now, here are the lifetime risk of getting infected. African-American women, 1 in 48. Hispanic women, 1 in 227. White women, 1 in 880. But as we always say here on our show at Vicky Doe Fitness, everyone should know their HIV status. Know your numbers. That's it. Know your numbers. Get tested. Yes, absolutely. Be- that's it. Because almost one in eight Americans with HIV doesn't know his or her HIV status. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So we encourage all of you guys out there, we encourage you to get tested. And so our one and only favorite, our most favorite (laughs) (laughs) co-host, Dr. D. Banks Bright, an infectious disease specialist, will talk more today about the latest update on HIV and women of color. She will talk about the latest and effective drugs out there, possible um, vaccines, research and initiatives that are going on right now to help end the HIV epidemic, especially in our communities. And so we can't wait to hear more about this from her today. Right, Dee? Right. You are on the ball, right? I'm trying to be on top of it. <laughs> Definitely. But DNN to our rescue. Right. That's it. As my kids say, instead of CNN, DNN. DNN to our rescue. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, all right, folks. Make sure, though, make sure, guys, you go to our resources page, www.vickidofitness.com forward slash resources, because there you will find products, services that will be helpful to you as you embrace a life of health and fitness. Now, we have a variety of items on our resources list for you to check out and try. There's Reebok, Spanx, we got um, Sunbasket, iRemedy Supply. Now, iRemedy Supply, they have at least 100, well, 1,000 plus of healthcare products to choose from at guaranteed low prices, at the lowest prices, and you can shop and get that right online, and it can be delivered to your door almost overnight. 
okay and there are so many sales going on you know the holidays are here we got the people always say okay well let's do black friday let's do cyber monday mm-hmm. but what happens is over time during the holidays the prices the discounts keep going up and up and the prices keep original prices keep going um, lower and lower that works for me until they give it away till they give it away so they give it away that's the key yep that's the key. And they yep. have so many. Yep, they do. They have so many promotions, discounts, yeah, and sales do. out mm-hmm. there for these companies that are right here on our resources page. Right. And so we want you to definitely check it out. But let's start the new year off right, folks. We want you to check out My Lab Box. This is a chance. We're asking all of you. We're, we're telling you, we're encouraging you to know your status. Here's a chance right here in the privacy of your home. You can test for STD, including HIV, but also they have vitamin D screening, gluten sensitivity, and celiac disease screening tests as well. All of these tests, if you go look on there, the A1C, they got a lot of screening and tests now that you can do right in the privacy of your home, and the kits are at affordable prices. All of these tests, they don't take more than about five minutes, and you can get your lab results in two to five days. But most importantly, what I think is the most important too, and Dee will probably agree with me, that you get free physician consultation. Yeah, that's great. They can consult with you. It's free. That's because great. you can find out that you are HIV, but what does that mean? Positive, but what does that mean? Right. You if need you, to have counseling behind some of these tests. You can't big just time. take a test without somebody interpreting the right. results for you. And so they have yeah, free physician. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. free physician. And that's important. Mm-hmm. We want to say that anyway for all of you guys. If you're doing these different tests at home for things like this, uh-huh. make sure that they offer some type of physician consultation. Right. Yes. So this does. It's free. Yep. It's free. And then they can free is always good. then they can recommend you to go to your yes. regular, mm-hmm. you know, physician mm-hmm. and what have you. Mm-hmm. And so check it out, folks. Make sure you check it out. My lab box today. There's no excuse not to know your status. And so make sure you check out our resources page, www.vickidofitness.com forward slash resources. And remember, when you use any of our affiliate links to buy any of our products and services on this page, you are supporting us here at Vickido Fitness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Well, D, you know, our folks, they grown folk. Yo, I know. Mm, you oh, know, yeah. they come, they come. You know, I know. <laughs> up and out. <laughs> they up, up and, and out. out. They got things to do. Things to do. Yeah. Up and out. And I got things to do, too. And me, too. <laughs> and me, three. <laughs> so, we'll see you when I see you. That's it. I know that's Peace right. and love, I right? Know. <laughs> <laughs> Close my refrigerator door. Take the potato chips that you bought and throw them away. That's it. All that extra food that I don't eat. Throw all that stuff away. Bye. That's it. You know, you do that because that's yeah, what I because do. Because they come I in and buy all these snacks and all these other stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't eat that stuff. So I throw it right in the trash can. As soon as the door is closed, mm-hmm. I run right in it because I don't want it to be a temptation. Right. You right. know, my boys can afford to eat all that stuff. Yeah, because well, they, you know, they're they're men and yeah. they they work out. And they work constantly. out. Right. Yeah. You know, but I don't want all. I just mm-hmm. yesterday I saw some extra potato chips and all you know all that stuff i'm like no bye 
we have to take care and those are the things that's important too because because yeah. if you you know yeah you can maybe indulge but you don't want to get in a habit i don't want the temptation of having those snacks and those I things i do not in your house i don't so don't buy no, them or get rid of them right, right right after yeah no, because when you're in you know you're, you're running crazy at night and it's one thing to have okay i'm gonna have some chips or just i'll get a glass of water and go to bed that's and it the next morning you feel so much better that you didn't go through temptation because you know you can't just eat one chip no, you're doing you the, whole the whole bag. <laughs> <laughs> and then comes out the salsa, and you think that's good. But when you eat the whole jar with a 1,000 milligrams of sodium, yep. it's not worth it. No. So, no, get rid of all that stuff. I know, because that happens with me and Nate sometimes, but it's with the healthy stuff. That's why yeah. I told him, no, the plantain chips, they still, they, you know, it's right. still going to have. It's portion control. Right. It's so control. He'll, he'll bring it. Oh, oh, let me bring these snacks up in here but then we have a lot we ton of fruit he loves the avocado and and back home they called it butter pear okay and that makes sense though right because it is like butter isn't it so he loves he he does his he opens it up and and puts his little um seasoning on it you know sometimes he just eat it regular it's good stuff and that's what he does that's his snack those are his healthy healthy snacks But we still, you know, if we get a few other snacks that are the plantain chips right. or something like that, yeah, you but, still you know, got And a lot of people think that hummus is, okay, and guacamole. Yeah, that okay, too, that too. That, that's good, but you can't eat a ton of it because mm-hmm. a lot of that, if you make it, you understand that a lot of that is made with oil. Yes. And so you just don't want to eat a bunch of fat. You know, mm-hmm. you're eating a bunch of oil. It might be healthy, but it still adds up from the calories. Calories in, calories out. But you also, and then, but at least it's quality. Right. Better right. than some potato chips. Right. Because, you know, people ask, and this is the question with you saying that calories in and out. So this is a good time to, to address that. Mm-hmm. You know, most people say, yeah, well, I can't believe you're talking about calories in and out because, you know, we are influenced. You know, it's a lot more to that. Yeah, but at the end of the day, when you have a person that's 600 pounds that's stuck <laughs> in the car or stuck in the house, house that they have to dig out, it's calories in. It is calories It's calories in. in. And it's not doing anything but laying there. You're right. So, yeah, it is calories in. And, yeah, are there different reasons as to why? Yeah, because it could be medication. Right. It could be some hormone It could be metabolism. It could be all that. But but at the end of the day. You didn't go out. You didn't exercise it off. You didn't work it off. You ate more than you could burn up. Right. Or you um, chose the wrong type of foods to eat. Exactly. For your body. Exactly. Healthy fats, y'all. Right. Right. But at the same time, you still need to not to just eat continuously. I don't care Portion if it's control. healthy or not. Portion control. Let your body rest. Yes. That's what we call exactly. mindful eating. <laughs> you don't need to eat all day. <laughs> Graze. 24 hours a day. Grazing. That's what I call grazing. But if you at least... Be in that mindfulness. Yeah, you won't overeat. Right. As you go to parties, you do some of the key things. Go to our website. Yeah. You don't have to gain 10, 15 pounds during the holidays. You You really don't. Mm -mm. You really don't. And don't go hungry to a party. No. 
Mm-hmm. Don't go. That's one of the main things. It's like you go in the grocery store. Don't go to the grocery store hungry mm-hmm. because then you start buying everything. It's flying off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Don't go to a party hungry. That's Eat it. Something healthy before you go in. Some fiber. Some yes. Something that's some protein. Fill you up, that's some protein. That's filling healthy that's fats. Filling. And then when you go to the party, you're not eating a lot. There it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was your week? My week was good. I did my. I came back and did a race over Thanksgiving. I did a, a gobble wobble. I only did a one point eight one point eight or nine miles, mm-hmm. but it was good. It was fun. It was a little chilly out there. It was kind of straight out and back, but it was good to get back out there again. And then oh, that's nice. went over to a friend's for for Thanksgiving dinner, and then went to a party later on that evening. And so it was all good. Yeah. Yes, it's nice to, yeah. to to have the holidays where the year is winding yeah. down, right? And you can catch up, exactly. catch up with your friends and family. I did family. see this movie that everybody's talking about, The Irishman, with yeah, Robert how was De Niro, that? Robert De Niro, and you saw it on Al Netflix. Pacino and Joe Pesci. I say Joe Pesci will be up for an Academy Award this year. Okay. no question. It's okay. his time. Okay, and Hollywood loves those physical transformations where okay. you go from real from you go to really like Matthew McConaughey did for that right. movie. Like um, the he woman got really who, little. Mm-hmm, like that woman did, like Anne Hathaway did for Les Mis. Yes. When she said that she was dieting, she would suck on cotton and with water on it mm-hmm. to lose weight. Robert De Niro did that Jake LaMotta where he became really, really obese. So Hollywood loves these transformations and Joe Pesci made a transformation. Okay. So a look out for Joe Pesci to be. And what's I the think, what's the movie called? The Irishman. Okay, and it's, it's on three Netflix. hours and twenty nine oh minutes. I can't. I don't so you know. got to see it in two days. I saw it in one sitting, which it just was on and on because it reminded me so much of Youngstown. Okay, well I got to look it's at it. It's almost it's like Goodfella, okay. ca- Casino, and all of them into one. Okay. So yeah, worthwhile seeing, but you just got to plan to stay awake because my kids say as soon as the television comes on <laughs> that's me and so mary banks put on facebook now you know you did not stay up and see a three hour 20 i said yes i did i did I was okay proud of myself. good so, for yeah, you i did yep. okay well we'll check it out yeah definitely, definitely. Check it out, the irishman so what is going on this week? Everything, Vicky. everything. The holidays can be stressful. Mm-hmm. There's an article that was written that I want to share with everyone. It was written by Health Day News, and it's on our website, Vicky Doe Fitness, and it says, How to Prevent Holiday Headaches. And it says, The holiday season can give you real headaches, but you can take action to prevent them. An expert says, To reduce stress, Make plans well in advance and know your limits. And this was advised by Dr. Bang Lyo, a neurologist at Houston Methodist. He says, the nature of the holiday season already increases stress levels. So finding small ways to reduce scheduled stress can help ward off headache. This can, he also said, this can mean planning well in advance to avoid the the hassle of making last minute travel plans because I sometimes make sure that I do my plans mm-hmm. way in advance mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. or deciding not to attend a party at the end of a long day. The article continues to say, be sure you have an adequate supply or a refill or your prescription medications before the holidays because that can happen you know definitely you, you run out of your medications you and you gotta wait now you're struggling to try to get up to the and it, lines are forming because everybody else has forgotten their prescription too so yes. that's stressful that's stressful yeah. and she advised so it's a lady missing doses 
or cutting back can trigger a headache or even serious side effects. So you got to get those oh, yeah, things in definitely. order. She also said, Dr. Lyle also said, don't binge anything during the holidays. Don't binge on food, alcohol, or television. We all know how a hangover mm-hmm. <laughs> can affect the brain. Mm-hmm. But most don't realize that overeating also can trigger a headache. And that's so true. Yeah. Even so, because I was... I went, to, you know, remember back when the summer was in session and I went to to Columbus and they had their rib fest and all that. Yeah. And they had these long lines of folks yes. just piling their plates with ribs yes. and all the stuff that go with it. And I said to myself, yeah, some of these people are going to make themselves sick because they've been pretty much trying to watch, watch what they it. eat and watch all that doing all these months right. all of a sudden right. you're just gonna binge and and just stuff your body with all this stuff at one time and sometimes your body can't handle that and the gi tract just cannot handle all that it stuff. can't handle it no and so uh-huh. yeah you get side effects yeah. headaches and that was the way i was when i was when we went to paris and venice and mm-hmm. um florence mm-hmm. is that all those different foods that I now hadn't been eating, my GI tract was probably messed up for at least half of the trip. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're used to eating certain types of, right. when you go on vacation, you're eating out all the time. Uh-huh. And you've got different types of oils. People use different types of cooking things. And, and the, the food is different. And it's yes. just, my GI tract is just all out of whack. Yeah, so that's why so, a lot and of And headaches. Yes. Yeah, stomach see, aches. Those are, those are the yeah, side effects. Yeah, so, yeah. and then, you know. You're absolutely right. Especially in the holidays, you going to people's homes and you and don't stuff. know what they have and how they're preparing yeah, their food because they might have a cat on the counter I know. <laughs> on the kitchen counter Ew. that's why i don't eat everybody's I food don't everybody food i've Ooh. seen cats walking around people's countertops mm. and i'm like no yeah. thank you no thank you Pass. Mm. Pass. <laughs> But all of these things, yeah, and this can lead to headaches and stress. Right. She says also that it is important to maintain your normal caffeine intake. Yeah. Because a sudden increase or decrease in caffeine can trigger head- headaches mm-hmm. as well. If you already, she says, if you already exercise regularly, then keep it up during the holidays, even if you have to settle for a shorter workout. That's what I always try to yeah. do. At least do a little something, something. Even exactly. if even if I'm not doing structured exercise mm-hmm. for that day, mm-hmm. I'm getting up from my desk, mm-hmm. I'm running in place, right. I'm walking up the stairs and mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of this mm-hmm. can reduce mm-hmm. holiday stress. And then most importantly, you can reduce your weight gain. She mm-hmm. says, if you rarely exercise, try to fit in a 20-minute walk three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. And she noted that exercise helps reduce holiday stress and weight gain and keeps the brain and heart healthy. And so, yeah, you need to know, be on point, know and avoid your headache triggers. For example, a hot, crowded room. Some people can't, uh-uh, I can't deal with a lot of folks mm-hmm, packed in, you know, outdoor activities. Mm-hmm. You got to know what triggers headaches, certain foods, chocolate, artificial sweeteners. These are headache triggers for some people. Right. And this is what the doctor ended on. So I would say to that, yeah, it's stressful. Practice mindful everything, mindful eating, 
mindful living and don't let folks because folks can stress you out your family oh my goodness because it's the holiday you gotta season get these people off of you and they asking for money <laughs> And when you go to people's houses, do not engage in discussions on race, religion, and politics. There it is. Just say, pass the potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> just pass the peas. <laughs> you know, just pass the bread. That's it. And keep it moving. We don't care. Don't care. Don't, please do not start talking about <laughs> politics, religion, and race. Because it's never a win. Just say, pass the potatoes, please. <laughs> That's all you got to do. <laughs> That's it. It's Pour me another simple. glass of wine. There it is. And keep it moving. And keep it moving. That's it. So these yeah. are some holiday tips, right. folks. <laughs> right. And when you see that number on the phone, because you know it's somebody asking for money, maybe you might not want to answer it at that time. Hey. Get yourself in a mindset, because you know what's coming. Here's my thing. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking up. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. up. <laughs> I can't You're breaking hear. up. You break it up. That's I know. how I do that. I know. You break it up. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Right. You know it's coming. Well, you know, our next thing is, you know, we talk about it is holiday season and we yes. talk about doing a little good yes. in the neighborhood. So this was on WKBN TV 27. They were talking about how the Youngstown Professional Firefighters Local 312 were giving away coats this week. Wow, that's great. To 350 students. Wonderful. In the city school district. Isn't that nice? That's great. The giveaway will take place Wednesday. It's Wednesday, so today, and continue until Friday. That's good. They will have seven elementary schools and the Rayan Early College with the firefighters visiting each school to distribute the coats. Great. Isn't that's that nice? Great. That's wonderful because, it's, you know, there are kids that don't, don't have coats. There are kids that do not have, don't have coats. coats to wear, right. Uh-huh. So they're going to visit Valney Rogers. We got uh, Wilson McGuffey Homes. They got MLK. They got a lot of schools yeah, here. they do. And mm -hmm. the Ray and Early College. So, yeah. Good. That's them. So kudos to you, yeah. and it's good. That's 350 children that will be kept warm very good. And safe. Very good. Very good. And so, yeah, we always give a health tip. We always give a health tip on our, you know, our podcast. We try to. And this time, the health tip is understanding pre-workout supplements. And we know a lot of folks are continuing on working out even more so now because mm -hmm. it is ending the holidays. Mm -hmm. And so you can find this health tip on Vicky Doe Fitness, our website, and it was written by Health Day News. And it says pre-workout supplements. And this is very important because a lot of folks do the, the protein this and the, the vitamins this. Right. And you have to be careful. They say pre-workout supplements are the buzz around many gyms and athletic facilities. But before you chug these products mm -mm. and start exercising, mm -mm. it's important that you know more about the supplements. Exactly. And so the Cleveland Clinic offers this advice about these products. Number one, the supplements typically come in powder or pill form. Okay. So you know that. The main ingredient is usually caffeine. Most brands range from 150 milligrams to 300 milligrams of caffeine per dose. So that's a lot of things happening. A lot of caffeine yeah. 
especially if you if you drink caffeine as well, mm-hmm. you know, you have to understand that a lot of these pre-supplements that they offer in the gym will have caffeine in them. Right. These products are generally safe if the maker is credible. So you got to check you got to do your research. Yeah, and especially if you're over the age of a certain age. Because, yes. you know, these caffeine products can, you know, heart disease, atrial fibrillation is the most common mm-hmm. arrhythmia. And people over the age of 60, you know, all you need is some extra caffeine to kick you over into some atrial fibrillation or some heart arrhythmia or some heart problem because you've taken more caffeine than you should have. So you really need to watch these caffeine products, you know, these Big energy time. drinks and all that all stuff. All that, yes. You know, you, you have to proceed. We're not dogging any anybody's product here but you just have to proceed with caution and talk to your physician about whether or not you're a candidate for that because you need to know how much caffeine is in these drinks yes you know that's the hidden factor yeah because some people have caffeine sensitivity they do you know and i do yeah you know that's that's what i develop you really have to develop over time and that's something because i used to man i used to drink 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 coffee but over time, yeah. I develop a sensitivity sure. to caffeine. Absolutely. So I can't really do Absolutely. coffee. Absolutely. That's why I changed to tea. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We admonish folks, and this is offered by the Cleveland Clinic. And last but not least, if you're sensitive, and that's what I was saying, if you're sensitive to caffeine, take these products with caution. Yep. That's absolutely. it. Absolutely. So what's the latest, D? Well, this is hot off the press. I thought since we were talking about HIV and women of color today, the morbidity mortality uh, weekly report, it's kind of like comes out every week, obviously. But this one from December the 3rd was entitled Vital Signs, the Status of Human Immunodeficiency Virus Testing, Viral Suppression, and HIV Pre-Exposure Prophylaxis, United States 2013 to 2018, about the most comprehensive that you can get about what's going on with HIV and and the disease and suppression, et cetera. So approximately 38,000 new HIV infections occur in the United States each year. These infections can be prevented. A proposed national initiative ending the HIV epidemic, A Plan for America, incorporates three strategies, diagnose, treat, and prevent HIV infection, and seeks to leverage testing, treatment, and PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis, to reduce new infections in the United States by at least 90% by 2030. Targets to reach this goal include that at least 95% of persons with HIV receive a diagnosis, 95% of persons with diagnosed HIV infection have a suppressed viral load, and 50% of those at increased risk for acquiring HIV are prescribed PrEP. Using surveillance, pharmacy, and other data, CDC determined the current status of these three initiative strategies. And the results were the number of new HIV infections remained stable from 2013 to 2017, going from 38,500 to 37,500. In 2017, an estimated 85% of infections were diagnosed. Among 850,000 persons diagnosed, persons with diagnosed HIV infection in 42 jurisdictions with complete reporting of lab data. 62.7% had a suppressed viral load. Among an estimated 1.2 million persons with indications for use of PrEP, 18.1 had been prescribed PrEP in 2018. Now, that's pitiful. That is. So let me read that again. Among an estimated 1.2 million persons Uh with indications for use of PrEP, 18% had been prescribed PrEP. 
Wow. So that's 18% of 1.2 million. All the rest of them who are at great risk were not prescribed a drug that can prevent you from getting the infection. So in conclusion, mm. accelerated efforts to diagnose, treat, and prevent HIV infection are needed to achieve the U.S. goal of at least 90% reduction in the number of new infections by 2030. So this is a 2030 initiative. I probably okay. won't be around, but good luck with that one. Well, so this you can't written, say that well, because your mom is 102. That's true. <laughs> I just thought about that right yeah so uh that's right there it is that's it. but this report comes out mm -hmm. with several people in it that i am familiar with that talked on my webinar when i was hiv aids chair of the links dawn okay. smith for one and dr eugene mccray who was actually the main person under jonathan merriman who's head of the hum health and human services arm of, of the cdc eugene mccray is head of the hiv aids arm so okay really pretty comprehensive uh, study there and yes. it's online for anybody it's morbidity okay. mortality week report. It was an early release, December the 3rd, 2019. Wow. At the end of the day, we here at Vicky Doe Fitness, because of Dr. D. Banks Bright, her influence, we talk about PrEP. Yeah, we've talked about PrEP for a couple of years here yes. now, and it's just sad. I was doing a lecture at uh, Youngstown State University, I'll say it because it's, I think it's important to know. I was talking to a group of doctoral students getting a doctorate in physical therapy, mm -hmm. and I asked in the room how many of them had heard of PrEP, and there were maybe 40 kids in the room. I would say three of them had heard of it. Really? Wow. And, that's, and, and I was saying to them, I was saying, now you guys are the top 1% intelligentsia. I know. You're the top of the heat. I know. You finished college. You're getting where you're working on a doctorate. That's it. Now, what about those folks that don't mm -hmm. have access to stuff, computers or resources mm -hmm. to tell you about PrEP or any of that? So this leads into my talk today, HIV and women of color. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Today, we talk about the latest update on HIV and women of color, and according to the department HHS, one in four people living with HIV in the United States 
is a woman. Women of all ages, races, and ethnicities can get HIV, but some women are more at risk than others. African-American and Hispanic women are disproportionately affected by HIV. And so Dr. D. Banks-Bright, our podcast co-host and infectious disease specialist, will talk more about the latest updates, treatments, research, and initiatives for HIV and how it affects our women of color and our communities. So we're going to let Dr. D. Banks-Bright take over right now. Thank you, Vicki. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so women have been a affected by HIV AIDS since the beginning of the epidemic and women of color, particularly black women, have been especially hit hard and represent the majority of women living with the disease and women that are newly infected. Most women with HIV are not in regular care and only a quarter are virally suppressed. And that paper that I just read to you, mm-hmm. only about 62% of people are suppressed. And you, it should be 100%. Being suppressed for those of you means that your viral load by taking medication is undetectable. Mm-hmm. So viral suppression means by taking medication, we cannot measure your virus. So you're not cured, but we can't measure it. And the importance about that is that when you're virally suppressed, the chances of transmitting it are very low that's as it. well. That's, that's what I was going to ask. Key. So the, the key, key is, number one, to, to maintain a normal immune system so you're okay, not no, susceptible okay. to everything. Okay. okay. And number two, so you have minimum chance of transmitting it. Okay, there it is. All right. So new HIV diagnosis among women in the United States and dependent areas. So how did they get it? 86% was through heterosexual contact. 14% was through IV drug use and 1% was other methods. New HIV diagnosis among women in the United States in dependent areas in 2017, 13 to 24, 14%. These are ages. Okay. Ages 13 to 24. Okay. 14%. Ages 25 to 34, 27%. Ages 35 to 44, 23%. Ages 45 to 54, 20%. And the surprise which we've been talking about for a number of years, 55 and older women, 16%, not zero, right. So don't let the gray hair fool you. That's it. So, so they're doing something in that nursing something. home. In <laughs> <laughs> the assistant living. In assisted living and the nursing home and the sniffs and everything else. Okay, <laughs> LTAX and everything else. All right. So that's a, that's a statistic that you need to hold on to because physicians are not asking this group of women, are you sexually active? And so a lot of them are being missed. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the subpopulations in 2017? So at black African-American, male-to-male contact is still number one, 9,807, followed by Hispanic, Latino male-to-male contact, followed by white male-to-male contact, then followed by black African-American women heterosexual contact, then black African-American men heterosexual contact, Latino women then heterosexual contact, and then white women heterosexual contact. So you go from black male-to-male sexual contact, the highest, Mm -hmm. to white women heterosexual contact. And the difference is significant. Mm -hmm. It's significant. Mm -hmm. So women overall, however, are down by 21%. Mm. Black African-American women are down by 25%. Mm. Uh, Hispanic Latina women are down by 20%, and white women remain stable. 
Now, 13 to 24 group, age group down by 32%, and that's good. The 24 to 34 down by 13%. The 35 to 44 down 27%. 45 to 54 down 27%. And the surprise is 55 and older remain stable. Why? Because the doctors are not picking this up. Mm. When they come in the emergency room with thrush in their mouth, they're not picking this up. That a 60-year-old woman with thrush in her mouth might be HIV positive and might be sexually active. It's a conversation that is not happening. So for every 100 women with HIV, this was 2015, 65 received some care, 51 were retained in care, and 51 were virally suppressed. So we have to do better. Mm -hmm. So women of color, again, are disproportionately affected by HIV and STDs. And in the talk that I gave, I talk about breaking down the different STDs from chlamydia and gonorrhea to cervical cancer. Women of color are disproportionately affected by all of these STDs. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about gonorrhea first. And one of the reasons we talk about the increase in sexually transmitted diseases and why those statistics are important is because we know that if we're having newly identified sexually transmitted diseases, people are not protecting themselves. So if they're not protecting themselves to get gonorrhea, syphilis, and, and chlamydia, they're certainly not protecting themselves from getting HIV. The problem is HIV is more than likely diagnosed later. Mm. STDs of gonorrhea, syphilis, and and chlamydia are diagnosed earlier on. Mm. And that's good and bad. It's good that they can get into treatment. It's bad because the HIV people are not diagnosed until they're well into the disease and it's hard to turn them around. Mm. So gonorrhea rates of reported cases of race, Hispanic, ethnicity, and sex. So women, African-American blacks, again, are African-American men and women are disproportionately affected by gonorrhea. I have a slide that's just kind of like schematic, 444.3 African-American women and 660 African-American men compared to, let's go to white women, 58, and white men, 74. So again, gonorrhea is disproportionately um, affects people of color, women and men. Syphilis, primary and secondary syphilis in 2017, reported cases by sex, sexual behavior race, and this was CDC data, shows that uh, that first of all, now white men who have sex with men are number one, followed by African-American men who have sex with men, and then followed by Hispanic. In terms of women, black women are disproportionately affected by syphilis, primary and secondary syphilis, followed by white women, and then men who have sex with women, blacks, again, are disproportionately represented to get syphilis, followed by white uh, men who have sex with women. Again, the statistics are pretty much the same with syphilis in terms of women and men, more black women and more black men than any other nationality. So HIV testing and access to prevention and care. CDC recommends routine HIV screening for all adults ages 13 to 64. The CDC recommends all pregnant women be screened for HIV and that those at high risk for HIV have repeat HIV screening in their third trimester. HIV testing of newborns is recommended if the mother's status is unknown. So looking across the spectrum of access to care from HIV diagnosis to viral suppression reveals many missed opportunities for reaching women. 
Among women living with HIV in the United States, more than 8 in 10 have been diagnosed, but only 70% have been linked to any kind of care. Just 41% are retained in regular care, 36% are, are, are prescribed some antiretroviral medication, and only 26% are virally suppressed. And I could say from my practice, I don't do a lot of HIV anymore, but when I started taking care of women, let's say the early 90s, 95% of them are dead. Mm. I, I have men patients that I've been taking care of for t over 25 years, at least when I left my last job. No women, none, most of them were dead or lost the follow-up. 100% either dead or lost the follow-up. Mm. I have nobody that's been with me for 25 years, women. No. Mm -mm. Black or white. Mm. So, no. Wow. So despite recent progress that has seen new HIV diagnosis decrease by 21% from 2010 to 2016, for example, black women still accounted for 6 in 10 new HIV infections among women in 2016. Why are black women hit the hardest? Though HIV diagnosis among women have declined in recent years, largely as a result of robust public health efforts, more than 7,000 women, 19% of all new cases, received an HIV diagnosis in the United States in 2017. African-American women are hit the hardest as the rate of diagnosis is 15 times as high as that of white women and almost five times that of Latino. In fact, HIV-AIDS-related illness is among the leading causes of death for black women ages 25 to 34, says the CDC. Mm. So that's all comers. Why are black women hit the hardest? Mm -hmm. Well, we have high rates of poverty, lack of access to health care, higher rates of some of the STDs that I just talked about, smaller sexual networks, lack of awareness of your HIV status, mm. stigma underscoring the need for strengthened, more focused and innovative efforts to address this disparity. There's still a lot of stigma in the African-American community about being diagnosed with HIV mm -hmm. or seeking treatment or letting what your sexuality is known. You know, now, just bringing this point up, mm -hmm. do you see where Billy <clears throat> D. Williams has come out saying that he's, more what does he fluid. say he is fluid? I don't, what is that? I, you know, I, and then how old is he? Billy, about 100. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm saying that. I'm like, you know, don't let the gray hair fool you. But <laughs> That's true, Billy, but still. Don't let the gray hair But why did he come to this? That, that's what I'm saying. So why now? Say, why did he come to this seclusion? <laughs> <laughs> why did Billy, Billy D has got to be close to 80. He, yeah, easy, easy, because he was he was older than Diana Ross, older than Diana Ross, and she's when seventy five or right, seventy six. When he did, when he they were in the, the Mahog movie together, mahogany. mahogany. Mm -hmm. He's got to be eighty easily. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what he means, but my point about bringing that up <laughs> is that now you have new definitions of sexuality. I know, and you got to go with the flow. You got to go, you gotta with, the go flow. with There's transgender, cisgender. Fluid, mm -hmm. this, that, so as a physician, you and a healthcare worker and as a counselor and all of this, if you're going to work in the field of HIV AIDS and, and do prevent, prevention work, especially with people of color, you got to know all these terms. Right. And then here's the thing. At the end of the day, it all relates to how you doing sex. So it perfect. Exactly. That's exactly right. How so are it's you back doing to that sex? sexual health. It's back to the sexual health. Exactly. It's back to sexual health. And we know that some sexual practices lend themselves more to acquiring HIV mm -hmm. than others. They're risky, risky, no bottom matter what. Bottom line. No bottom matter line. if you're in no a matter what. 
a, a man man or exactly. a man woman relationship exactly. it doesn't matter no. so you got to exactly. be on point you with do. your sexual health you do. period you do. period mm -hmm. so advances are being made but it seems like the african american community is missing out on some of the advances mm. often there is a stigma associated with hiv that can lead to delay in seeking treatment hiv may be kept secret or some may not disclose their status because of fear of how they would be viewed in the community mm -hmm. during visits with providers or African-American women being told about HIV testing or PrEP when they go in the doctor's office or when they go in the emergency room. If they're not, if somebody doesn't talk about HIV testing or PrEP, it's a missed opportunity. Are African-American women even aware that you can be tested for HIV even without being sick? And do you realize if you're over 55 or 60, you're out there with some guy who may be taking Viagra now, and he's with Tom. And you he know, done got his got, little stuff right. in everything. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and when we talk about when we talk about sexual health, these are all the, the comments. You know, some mm -hmm. of them are funny and some of them aren't, but mm -hmm. that's the reality. It's reality. That you know, now you're dealing with divorced women whose kids are all out of the house. You know, they got the little cute outfits on, they got the little hair done, they're going out. You know, the 55 is not the same 55 oh, or 40 yes. years ago. Oh, yeah. They're, they're on online dating and they hook up with these men. And then what they call it, the hookup. The hookup. you just hook up. Right. And you don't know whether the man is down low, mm -hmm. whether he's straight or bi or fluid or what. And then nobody really tells you the truth. Nobody tells you the truth. So you just got to make sure you on point. And you have to protect yourself. Yes. If they don't come with a condom, you better have one. Big time. That's my point. According to the Black Women's Health Imperative, every 35 minutes, a woman tests positive for HIV in the United States. Of the total estimated number of women living with HIV at the end of 2013, 61% were African American and only 30% were virally suppressed. Again, why black women hit the hardest. Maternal health stats are staggering for black women. So as in many communities of color, discrimination and stigma are significant factors that deter women and girls from knowing they should get tested, seeking more inf information on prevention and treatment options, and disclosing their status. Compared with their white counterparts, black women and men experience longer delays in diagnosis and are less likely to be virally suppressed, as we have said. This is according to Dr. Michael Angaroni, who's assistant professor in the Division of ID at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. Lack of access to care and undereducation coupled with stigma make a perfect storm of health disparity. Ultimately, the health of African-American men has to be made a priority. The CDC, which they're, they're doing as well, you have to go in there and say, this is a group of people that we want to get virally suppressed, tested, and, and made better. Mm -hmm. We have to ask ourselves as a community, how do we get all of the testing strategies that have been working for other populations in place to bring about similar outcomes to the African-American female community? Mm. So about this perfect storm, and this is a friend of mine who wrote this paper, mm -hmm. Dr. Adi Adamora. She's at the University of uh, North Carolina Infectious Diseases. Mm -hmm. In her research on heterosexual transmission of HIV among African-Americans in the rural South, she studied whether socioeconomic environment increased the likelihood of engaging in high-risk behavior and in turn becoming infected. Black men and women in a study group reported extensive economic depression and racial discrimination that restricted educational and employment opportunities. Women noted how incarceration, mm. we haven't talked about that, mm. that's a whole nother topic, that is, right. drug addiction and violence had greatly reduced the number of available black men. 
Mm. profoundly affecting the partners women choose and the type of behavior they would tolerate from men. Mm. Let that sink Look, in. That's deep. Let me say that again. That's reality. Addiction and violence has greatly reduced the number of available black men, profoundly affecting the partners women choose and the type of behavior they would tolerate from their men. So the rate of concurrent partnerships, sexual relationships that overlap over time and spread HIV and other sexually transmitted diseases much more quickly than sequential partnerships is affected by incarceration, low marriage rates, and economic instability in the black community. We concluded, said Dr. Adamora, that contextual features including racism, discrimination, limited employment opportunities, and resultant economic and social inequity may promote sexual patterns that transmit HIV. Mm. That's deep. That is deep. If we look at, this is a slide that I have, service sector jobs by race and gender. So women of color mm -hmm. are overrepresented in sales and service jobs, which are lower paying, come with fewer benefits, and are most often seasonal compared to our, the white women, our counterparts. Okay. So they are sales and service jobs as opposed to the, what do you call that, the C-suite jobs. Okay, yeah. Service sector workers are less likely to have job benefits. So if you don't have job benefits, so, so let's say service workers only have 46% of employer-provided health care coverage, only 46% of health care workers. Mm -hmm. Only 47% of, of service workers have paid sick leave. Only 45% um, of service workers have employer-provided retirement plans. Mm -hmm. So you understand, as opposed to the C-suite people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So mothers and children in poverty, you know, that goes without saying, predominantly black and Hispanic Latina women. So it's, look at that. So what we're saying is that your money, your wealth, it affects your health all the way down to getting HIV. Correct. That was her point. And that was the point of Dr. Adamara's, that it boiled mm -hmm. down to all these things, not talking about other diseases. Let's just look at HIV. Let's look you at the, your economic get, status. Right, more likely to get HIV with that. So improving HIV pre-exposure prophylaxis implementation for women, summary of key findings from a discussion series with women's HIV prevention experts. This was from Dr. Aaron Bradley, Dr. Karen Hoover from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and PrEP discussion series team. And this was an article that came out in August 2018. So now when I revise this talk, I can put the most, the most recent stuff that just came out yesterday. Yes, So yes. African-American... And black women have a disproportionately higher lifetime risk, risk of infection. We talked about that. Although PrEP is a highly effective drug, women control prevention option for HIV-negative women, PrEP use among women has been very low among black women. The CDC invited subject matter experts involved in HIV prevention efforts for women to participate in a web-based series to discuss barriers to PrEP implementation. So what are some of the summary of the key findings? Why can't these women get PrEP or what's associated with it. Number one, women's lack of knowledge about PrEP, HIV-related health literacy and health risk perception, challenges identifying women who might benefit from HIV prevention with PrEP and assessing women's risk of acquiring HIV. And a lot of it still boils down to the health care providers. 
Mm. You know, they're already stressed and maxed out, mm -hmm. you know, trying to see 15 patients in an hour because of these, you know, your honey sweet knows about the RVUs and all that. So they don't have time to talk. All they can do is deal with the blood pressure, diabetes, and this, that, and the other. They don't have time to sit down and have a fireside chat, which they should about people's sexual health. Mm -hmm. And most people seeing the doctor rush, that's not something they're gonna stop and talk to the doctor about either. Mm -hmm. So healthcare provider bias based on a woman's race, social class, or sexual behavior that might hinder effective communication about HIV risk and PrEP. And let's just put it out there. Mm -hmm. A lot of times if you're in a discordant relationship with the white provider, I'm not saying this is always the case, but this is the perception Mm -hmm. This is a perception okay. that if you're with a, a white uh, health care provider and you're an African-American woman, you don't want to talk about your sexuality because black women are seen as hot and, and promiscuous yeah, and hypersexed hyper -sexed and okay, all yeah, of that. Hyper -sexed. And so you're feeling that you're going to be promoting the myth and looked down upon. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so and then the high costs associated with prep. Now, most prep now is is associated with covering the cost. But I have to say, you know, I was out there going, oh, well, you know, insurance covers. I have a patient now. I've had to jump through 55 hoops to get him oh. the medication. He's got some, you know, one of these Obama type insurances, mm -hmm. whether he has insurance or not, it should be offered. I forget there's one country that's getting ready to offer PrEP over the counter. But anyway, although they say that it's covered, you know, it, you still have to jump through hoops. And, and you know, for a lot of patients, mm -hmm. all you need is one deterrent to say, I'm not going to deal with this. I know. So lack of resources and infrastructure to provide PrEP for women in settings and venues they frequently use for health care. So most PrEP marketing materials do not prominently display images of women or use language that is tailored for women. That's a good thing that the CDC has done. They've used more women oh, yeah. of color in their ads. When I was looking at um, some of the research mm -hmm. on those sites, you know. Mm -hmm. A lot of women of color. They have the, the women of color. They and get yes, it. They, they get, get it. it. Yeah. They get it. Mm -hmm. Providers lack the knowledge needed to communicate with women about PrEP. I told you last week, year before last, I was getting ready to do a talk on PrEP, went on the hospital floor, and there were doctors and nurses. And how many of you heard about PrEP? Crickets. And that's the top 1% of the intelligentsia. Look, These are healthcare providers. That's what I'm saying. Those are the ones that's supposed These to be treating. These are healthcare <laughs> providers. This is not something that I heard. This is something no, that I they're witnessed. Supposed to be, be treating this is something people. that I witnessed. So they're some not women, doing it. Some women do not fully recognize their risk, and some women might not believe their risk is high enough to warrant taking a pill. What they're suggesting is mm -hmm. using women-based community care organizations to get the word out, family planning providers, OBGYN, non-traditional venues. And one of the things that I've talked about, which is work for hypertension, you know, they have this hypertension project where they went into the barbershops. Yeah. And got yes. these men and tested their blood pressures and got a lot of men mm -hmm. who were hypertensive. I say do that in beauty salons. Yeah. Use it because Lord knows you stay there all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole um, picnic and everything. I mean, a bunch of people could be going through oh, there giving time. lectures and all this stuff because you're in there at least two hours. That's a, what they say. That's a summit. That's a summit. <laughs> that's a symposium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You could just go into the beauty salons and I bring know. an HIV symposium. But that's and, but something I would that really say, takes. Go yeah. to 
the places where the women where the people are. are. That's a good point, though. That's something to really think about mm-hmm. for folks that are mm-hmm. out there, you know. Anybody that's listening to this. Yeah, doing health awareness. Mm-hmm. That's go, a, go, Say one day we're going to go get a list <clears throat> of all the beauty salons in your city mm-hmm. and go talk to the proprietors and say, this is going to be prep day for women mm-hmm. of color. Mm-hmm. And come in your beauty salon and pass out literature because you can get all the literature you want from the CDC.gov mm-hmm. and all kinds of infographics and everything. So I just thought that was... The, it's worked for the hypertension for the men, oh, African-American men in barbershops. Big time. And then one other thing they talk about is avoid terms like high risk and use more empowering messages. The message often that people, you know, uh, you know, we were talking about this hypersex thing and all of that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the body language of people that's passing the message is a turn off. Mm. You know, and that's why people who do this kind of work do focus sessions with people to help them understand how you pass pass the message along a lot of people without increasing that stigma exactly i get it exactly so provide prep education to all women and allow them to express interest based on knowledge of one's own behavior without requiring disclosure of sensitive information to a provider provider biases and their explicit and implicit biases based on race class or sex practices can make women feel stigmatized and might prevent providers from offering prep or at a minimum, hinder effective communication with patients about HIV risk and PrEP. So again, gender and cultural factors play a role in understanding PrEP implementation as well as framing and disseminating effective messages. Mm -hmm. For example, the general lack of knowledge about PrEP among racial and ethnic minorities despite PrEP being available for several years has reinforced the distrust of the healthcare system for some black women when they become aware of PrEP. It's kind of like they're going back and thinking about the Tuskegee experiment. Right. Where these men had syphilis, mm-hmm. penicillin was available. But they decided to watch how men mm-hmm. did with syphilis, and they didn't offer them penicillin. Well, let's go back, roll around to PrEP. Mm-hmm. So if African Americans are just now finding out about it, imagine their distrust of the government saying, well, if you had this pill, how come we're the last people to know? Right. So it fosters, again, that distrust and mistrust in the um, mm-hmm. healthcare community. Mm-hmm. So what are some, lastly, some suggested activities? Develop and disseminate gender and culturally appropriate materials for women and clinicians to increase women's knowledge, awareness of PrEP and HIV risk. Increase clinicians' PrEP knowledge and clinical skills, including providing PrEP care and effectively assessing an HIV risk. Equip clinicians with the skills to cultivate respectful patient-provider interactions that enable shared decision-making. For the physicians, engage in grand rounds. For ID people, suggest that you do a grand rounds on PrEP. Mm. Med school education, residency programs, training curricula. One of the things I was involved with when I was uh, HIV chair I'm proud to say Mm -hmm. that we brought a sexual health curriculum to 10 HBCUs. And North Carolina A&T was our flagship school. And when I left four years ago, when I left, well, two years ago, we had educated. And how this program worked, we got freshmen, the freshman class. It starts from the president. So the president Mm -hmm. was all in. The CDC brought people on boots on the ground Mm -hmm. to teach sexual health. Mm -hmm. And what we did is we taught the peers, the juniors and seniors in college to teach the freshmen mm. because the message often comes better from somebody that looks like you or exactly. in your own. They can use the words that you use. Yes. Somebody coming in like me, mm-hmm. eh, you may not want to open up. Right. So we trained the juniors and seniors to okay, teach good. the freshmen. 
good. Two years ago, we had educated, we had sent through the sexual health curriculum at A&T 5,000 freshmen. Wow. 5,000. And so we, the other mm-hmm. schools involved Spelman, Morehouse, A&T, and several other of the HBCUs in the South. Again, lastly, pharmacies, billboards, bus stops, put the message anywhere, social media, broadcast media like we're doing. Mm-hmm. Conduct research to identify best practices for identifying women who might benefit, and then effective prep implementation models. Yeah, and I think this is so great, Dee, because I can see folks learning more about PrEP, most especially how all of this knowledge, it really affects, and that's what's important, it affects different folks and and communities differently, doesn't it? Right, it does. Yeah, because it seemed like the African-American community is always the last to know. Always the last to know. And again, you can understand how that promotes distrust because it's like, if this pill has been out here for two years, how come you haven't made a a concerted effort to come into the black community and tell us about it? That's it. It just revs up stuff about the Tuskegee experiment. Right. What do you want to watch? How we compare different Mm -hmm. groups, Mm -hmm. those who take prep and those who don't. Mm -hmm. I could see the distrust. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have to break these. Yeah. And I think it's important for us as leaders, especially our our African-American leaders, ministers, ministers, leaders, leaders to be on point, to connect with folks like like Dr. D. Banks, to connect, you know, and for all of us that are health and wellness, we're trying to be coaches and exercise physiologists, mm-hmm. nutritionists, and what we're doing here, we do total well-being. That right. means we talk about all of the dimensions of health. Right. We got to start adding sexual health. We I'm do. sorry. We do. We got to do that. Look at those statistics that I just talked about. Yeah, I mean, It's devastating to know that in 2019, we still don't have 100% viral suppression. Number one. Number two, of 1.2 million people who could be taking PrEP, only 18% are. Yeah, that's kind of, mm. And like I said, a lot of people don't think that, that you know, oh, I'm going to have sex one time tonight. No, you're high risk. If you decide yeah. that you're going to have sex one night and you don't... You, yeah, that messes up. And see, that's what people don't understand. Look, you messing up chances. You, you're mistrustful of everybody. Of everybody. And you're all of the other of the other folks that are yes. in the, that are college. But now we, we got the, the folks in the assistant living. And yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, there, are all, there are all kinds of studies about. All over. And, and there, there's a, there was a, an article mm-hmm. about one man who, who went out, you know, because you, you just because you're in assisted living doesn't mean you can't drive. Right. So you Right. drive to your doctors and so forth. Mm-hmm. He was going out. He was taking Viagra, whatever. He infected like 10 women in a nursing home. Ooh. And I mean, I'm not saying nurses. These are assisted living places. Right, right. Where they places, go and play right. cars. Right, right. Whatever. And some of them, have and you been in some of them? They're, they're like luxury suites. Very nice. Stay. Very nice. Very ni- and very expensive to stay. Right. So he was roaming around mm. and infected like, you know, 10 women. Oh, that's crazy. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure these women are not running to their health care providers in the assisted living saying, I need a condom. Right. And doesn't obviously it doesn't look like he's using one. Ugh. But you can understand what, dang. I know. Dang. Or, or, you know, like for me, mm-hmm. has anybody invited me into these assisted living That's places? It. Because a lot of the elderly people, but they, they don't, don't know. Think, but a lot of times the administrators and like you said, the folks that are over this, you know, the wellness folks and right. all that. They're not thinking about that. At all. 
they're not thinking about that. They're thinking about high blood pressure, diabetes, right. cholesterol, yes. nutrition, and not that exercise. they're not important, and exercise. And, and that's important, but that's just only not a dimension of exactly. wellness. We got all exactly. this other stuff. Sexual health is real in, it this, is. in this environment. Mm-hmm. Sexual health is very real because these people are, you know, they've just moved from their house into another facility. It's not like they're in bed and disabled or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are also opportunities, opportunities. to get the word spread. Mm-hmm. I thank you, Dee. You're for, welcome. It was fun. For, yes, you always fun. hook us up with the latest. Fun. And every time fun. we listen, we go, ooh. I know. Oh, my goodness. It's real. It is real. It's real. And so this inside show, so give us a, at least a few tips to summarize all this, Well, Dee. I just say that, number one, like I said, an mm-hmm. estimated 1.2 million persons with indications for use of PrEP, only 18% have been prescribed PrEP in 2018. And also, we need to go into the African-American, those of us that are healthcare providers, education, people that are in education, counseling, and so forth, mm-hmm. because there's so many healthcare disparities with HIV, AIDS, and PrEP in African-American women and men, but since my talk was on African-American women, mm-hmm. for those of you that are out there, maybe thinking about an initiative with beauty salon. Yes. Maybe we'll be reading about that saying, mm, this yes. is our idea. I know, but, but that's a good go, thing. go into the beauty salons like they did for the hypertension project. If the mountain won't come to Mohammed, Mohammed goes to the mount. Go to it. Go to the mount. So go yeah, to all it. these, and like I said, last thing is that every encounter with a healthcare professional, for you healthcare professionals out there, and that's just not doctors because there are a lot of healthcare right, professionals. right. If you don't ask about sexual health, it's a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's so. it. All of those that are out there being wellness um, coaches and right. all that kind of stuff. Right. When people are telling you their life and so forth, a part of it should be, look, we want you to make sure that when you go to the physician, you ask for this. You get tested. So when we say know your numbers, not only know your numbers for whether you're diabetic, pre-diabetic, and all that. Cholesterol. And all that. And that's important. That is important. But know your sexual status. Correct. And, as always, for more information, go to our website, www.vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us. Go on Facebook and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com. <laughs>